This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And banana seeds are always welcome. Welcome to the best show on your radio. What? It's Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman together with the other two of the four horsemen, Shannon Penn and Devin Kane, presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80. And always bring your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. We're never, ever going to let Shannon Penn, our producer, live that down. Harry Douglas, he won't allow it. I'm a full co-conspirator when that happens. Shannon Penn, more than many, many months ago, talked about that, hey, he had a banana seat as a part of the bike. The minute that Harry Douglas <laughs> heard that, he was out of his rabbit behind mind. But I don't I don't blame Shannon. You know, you know, things that you did in your childhood, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. surface in your adulthood. And if you're that guy, you're just that guy, Shannon. You love what you love, you do what you do. But uh-huh. what I love the most about you, Shannon, you're proud of what you do. You don't care what the naysayers say, you don't care what people say at all. You are proud of what you do and what you've accomplished in your life, and that's all that matters. That may have been the most backhanded compliment I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> But, oh, I, I, I got to tell y'all. What's I got to tell y'all a quick story. Uh-huh. So last year around December, yeah. I remember I was out of town. I was in Bristol doing a show. Right. And my grandmother tried to light the fireplace. Okay. And almost burnt my house down. Really? That was last year. Okay. So right before I walked over to the studio today, yeah. I get a call from the fire department. People oh, are like, hey, no. is everything okay? I'm freaking out. I'm like, ma'am, I can't talk to you right now. I need to see. Right. It, it, I need to call home and see if everything's good. Right? Uh-huh. So I called my house. I'm freaking out. My wife answered the phone. I'm like, is the house on fire? What's smoking in the house? She was like, grandma was sweeping the ashes out of the fireplace. I lit the fireplace last night. Okay. And they were still, it was still stuff burning in there. All right. And she uh-huh. put it in a, in a cardboard box. Oh, no. The, and left uh-huh. it. And, and, and the box caught on fire. <laughs> smoke everywhere in the house. Grandma two for two right now. 2020. <laughs> 2023, right. 2020, um, 24. She's two for two right now. Yeah, tell her she does not need to get in touch with inner left eye Lopez. Mm-mm-mm. She does not need to do that. We've already had one person's house burned down in Atlanta <laughs> by a family member. We don't need that to happen again my to wa- another Falcons so, wide receiver. So my wife just texted me 10 minutes ago. She said, please, no more fireplace. Yes. I said, no. Uh-huh. I should be the only one operating and touching anything that is in true. that fireplace. That is true. I, I, I know your, your grandmama means well, but sometimes you just got to leave it to the professionals. Yeah, grandma. Especially when it comes to home, mortgage, and fire, which I'm sure you have that kind of insurance. I love you, though, Granny. I and we love all of you. Anytime you want to join us, part of Freddie and Harry Nation or the Dr. Pepper call online, you can do that at 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. By the by, ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season or Harry Dogs and Shannon Penn and Banana Seats without delicious taste and ice-cold Dr. Pepper. It is the one fans deserve. We go from the banana seat thing to this thing. The main thing, the main 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 thing. The main thing with Freddie and Harry. So yesterday we had the Tennessee Titans after six years of having Mike Vrabel as their head coach. They decided to move on from him. 24 hours later, Seattle Seahawks said, hold up, wait a minute, because after 14 years, they move on from Pete Carroll as their head coach. He still will be with the organization as an advisor, but he is no longer, after 14 years, two Super Bowl appearances, one Super Bowl championship, Harry, and he is no longer the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. 
after 14 years. I have I have the utmost respect for a guy like Pete Carroll. Play against him on numerous of occasions, but the way he's he is with his players, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the way he allows them to be themselves. I remember I played with a guy, Sam Baker, in Atlanta. He was on that USC Trojans football team. Offensive uh, lineman, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I used to ask Sam, how was it at USC? He said, man, we used to have walkthroughs, and we used to just play games and have fun during our walkthroughs. Right. But stuff like that, you know, it it lightens the mood, doesn't allow guys to be too serious. And and, and when you have veteran players and players that understand when it's time to lock in, those guys lock in. But you've seen the mark that he made in Seattle with the Seattle Seahawks Mm -hmm. and the Legion of Boom and having two Super Bowl appearances. But players just love playing for him because you are able to be yourself. And you look at the different personalities that he was able to coach, not just in Seattle with the Seahawks, but at USC with the Trojans. Multiple personalities, but Pete Carroll understood how to deal with those guys, how Mm. to also get the best out of them and allow them to be themselves. Because what good is it to have a guy if you can't allow him to be his true self? No doubt about that. But how did we get here after 14 years? The Seattle Seahawks deciding, hey, Pete Carroll, you can stay on as an advisor, but not as a head coach. Adam Schefter, ESPN senior NFL insider. When he's on Carlin versus Joe, he explained why we got here after 14 years and Pete Carroll no longer being the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. There have been ongoing conversations. I still think it'll surprise a lot of people. This has been going on for quite some time where there's conversations after every season and there were conversations now and they continued on. And obviously the Seahawks felt like this was the move to make right now and to essentially make a change. Um, Obviously, Pete, they would like to keep him within the organization. We'll see if he still does. But he's obviously right now going to be out as the head coach. This is all the makings of Dan Quinn going back to Seattle as the yep. head coach. This is all the makings because you move on from a guy in Pete Carroll. And Harry, I thought it was very interesting. After they won their game over the weekend and Pete Carroll was asked a question about being the coach next year, he said, yeah, I expect to be the head coach here next year. Why would I not want to be? When a reporter asked that question, that means somebody told said reporter, we're thinking about moving on mm-hmm. from Pete Carroll. I'm not saying we're going to do it today or tomorrow, but we're thinking about it. And that reporter, whoever that was, and I, I can't remember that reporter's name, that wasn't something that just came out of their mouth and flew out of the blue. That was something that somebody in that organization said, you know what, I think after 14 years we might want to make a change. And that reporter said, hey, Pete, do you think you're going to be here next year? And he had a look of surprise, like, well, wait, where, where did that come from? Why would I not think I was not going to be the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks? This is all the makings of Dan Quinn once the Cowboys playoff run is over, being the next head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Yep, and Dan Quinn, he had two different stints with the Seattle Seahawks, 2009 and 2010. He was the assistant head coach and defensive line coach, then went back with them 2013 and 14, where he was a defensive coordinator. And you look at the personnel that the Seattle Seahawks have right now, and you look at the young players offensively and defensively. Mm-hmm. I personally feel like it's a very attractive job. But it is, yeah. I think the, the, the front runner for that job – it's going to be Dan Quinn. Now, Freddie, I'm about to throw another monkey wrench in this whole ordeal. Have at it. Dan Quinn, in all of our minds, being the front runner for this job. Sure. Jerry Jones might want to pump the brakes a little bit, right? Okay. When it well, comes to Mike McCarthy. Aha. Uh-huh. You see what I'm saying? To keep Dan Quinn there because maybe he wants him to be the head coach, but Mike McCarthy has not given a reason to make that move. But he, but here's the thing. So let's just say Dan Quinn takes that job okay. with the Seattle Seahawks. Right. Jerry tippy if 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 Dan, if McCarthy's going to be the head coach moving forward, I think all that needs to slow down a little bit now 
Because if Mike McCarthy continues to do a great job, right. then you don't want to keep you know rubbing the wrong way and saying the wrong things, sure. not being committed to a head coach when you thought your fallback plan was going to be Dan Quinn. But now mm-hmm. Dan Quinn has an opportunity to go to a place where he had a, a lot of success as a defensive coordinator and a defensive uh, assistant. Right. Here's something else to that, what you just said. If you're Jerry Jones, you had to have known sooner or later that Dan Quinn was no longer be your defensive coordinator because he had plenty of opportunities the last couple of years to get back into the head coaching fraternity than when it comes to the National Football League. So if Jerry Jones is blindsided by all of this, I don't know why because he's been that highly regarded. But there's also another name out there. That guy's name maybe is Mike Vrabel. Mm-hmm. Adam Schefter, ESPN senior NFL insider. He was asked that question. How much would happen yesterday with Tennessee Titans firing Mike Vrabel had an effect today with the Seattle Seahawks, and Schefter said... I, I don't believe it did. Uh, I think that they have their own ideas about what they want to do, and I just think that they felt that this was the time. Like, when we're looking at Seattle uh, and the candidates, I, I think... And, and, and guys, i got to go on SportsCenter in 60 seconds. There is a whole slew of candidates, and one, a guy that I would watch would be Dan Quinn, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the Cowboys defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Dan Quinn, a man who understands exactly what that's like, having Dan Quinn in charge of this team in terms of being the head coach, not defensive coordinator, is K.J. Wright. Won a Super Bowl with the Seattle Seahawks. He was a pro bowler. He played in the Super Bowl twice. He was the Seahawks manager in 2018. He is currently the host of his very own podcast, K.J. All Day. Let's bring him in to talk about that here on Freddie and Harry with Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Don't forget to hit K.J. on Twitter at K.J. underscore Wright 34. K.J., what was your reaction when you found out after 14 years the Seattle Seahawks said, Adios to Pete Cowell as the head coach of this team. It's a sad, sad day here in Seattle, man. Just um, playing for Coach Carroll for a decade. The man drafted me. Um, just what he taught me off the field when it came to football, um, his passion, the way he gets you as a person. Um, just 14 years for this organization. Went to Super Bowls with him, lost some ball games, won a lot of ball games. Um, he's a legend in my eyes. He's he's a legend in my eyes, and for it to come to end like this, like you you saw it, you saw you know win nine games last year, win nine games again this year. Um, certain standard here in Seattle, he he understands that fully. But um, to really see the news that he's no longer that guy on the sideline chewing that bubble gum, the guy up running up and down the football field, the guy that's giving all those pep talks before the game. Um, this this sucks. It really does suck. But um, he's a legend. I know he don't want anybody feeling sorry for him. But um, hats off to Coach Carroll for everything he's done for this city, for all my teammates, for me personally. And um, I'm glad that he's sticking around the organization. So, KJ, I want you to go a little deeper for me because one of the things that I noticed playing against you guys for many of years is that all the different personalities that you guys had on those football teams and how everyone just felt comfortable in their own skin being mm-hmm. themselves no matter what the circumstances were in Seattle. Can you touch on that a little bit, uh, on how Pete Carroll, you know, made you guys feel comfortable being yourself at all times? Absolutely, and that's what he said. He, he preached that, Harry. Hey, I want you guys to be yourself. Don't let me hold you back, do you? That's why we drafted you. That's why we gave you these contracts. Let your personality show on this football field and just go out there and just play Seahawks style of football. But I, I will say this, Harry. Um, I look at this team and I look at guys were themselves. And I do believe that what kind of bit coach Carroll 
um, this football season. Uh, just a lot of antics, a lot of drama that went on with this football team. And I, I, I do believe that I wish, I truly do wish that he had um, coaches on this staff to just make sure you you know keep this thing tight. I wish that the brother-to-brother accountability was better saying, hey, man, we can't do this. It's not how we do ball here in Seattle. And so I do believe he let guys be themselves, but it wasn't that that locker room that, that we had back in our glory days. It wasn't that tight-knit um, staff that I wanted to see um, to hold guys accountable. So I do believe that's what kind of bit Coach Carroll this football season. He let guys be themselves, but um, it kind of bit him this, this year. So touch on a guy that, you know, a lot of people think is going to be the next head coach, Dan Quinn, because you were able to play for him too. Speak on Dan Quinn and how you think he will be a very successful head coach moving forward if that's the direction that the Seattle Seahawks would want to go in. DQ is the guy. DQ should be the guy. Obviously, I played for him, went to two Super Bowls with him. We're talking about the number one defense in the NFL for four straight years, led by Dan Quinn. And um, guys love playing for him. He holds guys accountable. He's passionate. His scheme that he brings to the table is easy. It's simple, but dang it, it's effective. Um, you just saw what he did with us when he went to Atlanta, what he's doing with the Dallas Cowboys now. And so Dan Quinn is just an awesome human being. He, um, he gets it. He really gets how to bring out the best in each and every individual in that building. He has head coaching experience. Went to a Super Bowl with the Atlanta Falcons. And so I love everything that Dan Quinn will bring to the table. He, he's a culture builder. He knows how to build culture. And so that's what we need um, going forward with this with this organization. And for Coach Carroll to still be here, for Dan Quinn to be here, bring in some of those old faces that I'm accustomed to, I think it's a match made in heaven. Great stuff by KJ Wright, who played for the Seattle Seahawks, helped them win a Super Bowl championship. Now he has his own very own podcast, KJ All Day, also here on Seattle's ESPN 710 AM, the KJ Wright Show, joining us here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. I want to go back to something that you touched on about a minute and a half ago with drama and Pete Carroll not being a way that in. You don't have to get specific, but why do you think that mm-hmm. drama crept up this year when we had not seen that in previous years under Pete Carroll? I, I would say this. It's two things. First, first and foremost, it's the locker room. It's a locker room. When, you, when stuff happens, when an incident happens, it's up to your teammate to go up and say, hey, bro, like, let's, let, we got to cut that out. We got to keep this thing tight. And the next thing that I go to is the, the, the alpha males, the strong position coaches that also holds guys accountable. Right? Does that make sense? Like you yeah. got to have coaches on your staff to bring out the best in guys. You have coaches on your staff to discipline guys and say, we will not do this. This is not happening. And so you do it once and you let it slide and something else will come. And then you let that slide and it just keeps building and building and building. And um, it's just way too many instances this football season because it's already enough. It's already hard enough stopping the Niners. It's already hard enough stopping the Carolina Panthers. But when you have your own internal stuff that you're having to deal with, that just makes life really, really hard. And we just saw the results this football season, winning nine games, not making the playoffs. That's um, that's not how you know anyone is accustomed to. And it's very unique that you bring that up because a lot of people who are on the outside looking in, watching these football games, they may say, hey, well, the coach didn't uh, didn't do this. Well, when you have a great team, when you're playing with great guys, mm-hmm. you hold each other accountable, right? And, and I'm yeah. going to point out a couple instances. You don't have to, KJ. I'm going to do it. Like 
DK Metcalf <laughs> at times when he having those moments on the football field mm-hmm. in a in a receiver room with me, we would have checked that. No, 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 yeah. no, man. You, that's embarrassing to the group. Jamal Adams, the whole nine, would he be having? Nah, we not we not doing that. But that's when you know mm-hmm. you have a tight net locker room. That's when you know guys are holding each other account- accountable, and you know you're gonna go to special places like we seen the yeah. Legion of Boom and that team do when you played in Seattle, KJ. Do you remember, I don't know if you were on the team, but when we played the Atlanta Falcons in Seattle and Richard Sherman just had this ep- this blow-up episode where he's yep. just losing his mind going crazy. Were you on the team then? Yep. <laughs> and, uh, and, um, but you know what, Adam, uh, Bobby Wagner went to him, hey, bro, you got to chill. Don't, you know, you can't be doing that. Like, it was a brother-to-brother, the man-to-man. Like, we have a bigger goal than, than your episode right now. We got a ball game to win. We got a championship to go get. Put your put your ego to the side, put your anger to the side, and let's channel this thing as eleven men to go execute what we set out to do this football season. And I just look at I don't know if this is just a new generation, but there are a lot of yes men. There are a lot of guys that want to be friends. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of guys that's afraid of com- of confrontation. And so if you want to go where you want to go, you gotta be able to look your brother in the eye and say, You are wrong. You cannot do this. This is unacceptable. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Matt Eberflus, but still moving on from their quarterback, Justin Fields. I can't imagine them bringing in 
a new offensive staff and keeping Justin Fields. And why does Harry Douglas disagree? That comes your way in five minutes right here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. When we get to that, you'll be ready. But we know you're ready to speak on Pete Carroll after 14 years. No longer the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. They say he can stay on as an advisor, but not as a head coach. Right, Adam Schefter, ESPN senior NFL writer? There have been ongoing conversations. I still think it will surprise a lot of people. This has been going on for quite some time where there's conversations after every season. And there were conversations now, and they continued on. And obviously the Seahawks felt like this was the move to make right now and to essentially make a change. Um, Obviously, Pete, they would like to keep him within the organization. We'll see if he still does. But he's obviously right now going to be out as the head coach. Made in the great state of Oregon at 888-729-3776 and the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Big Nate, what you got to say about Pete Carroll, no longer the head coach of Seattle after 14 years? Uh, first off, I just want to say I love listening to you guys. When my, when my kids are in school, I do, like, deliveries, and I always listen to you guys, and you're, you're awesome. I'm glad they teamed you together. Thank um, you, brother. Second, um, I loved hearing KJ, man. He's, he's so good on his podcast, and the fans up here love him. I, it'd be awesome if he was with the team a bit more again. Um, but from what I've been hearing this morning about how much of a shock this is, yeah, it's kind of a surprise after he said, uh, Pete said he wanted to be back. But for the fans and everything, it just it seemed like now was the right time. Not everybody agrees, of course, but it starts with him as the head coach, but it seems like there was a, just a disconnect from him to the coordinators, to the position groups, because the Seahawks weren't ready to play their first game against the Rams. They had locker room issues. They had uh, problems with the offense for a while and Geno's confidence. They had the defense this year for all the talent they have. They just weren't very good. And so I think that uh, Pete saying he wanted to be back as head coach is probably legit, but I think they took a look at the team and said, you know, the head coach is fine. Everything else, we just kind of need, maybe need to blow it up, get new, get new coordinators in there, get new position coaches, and get this team all together again. Well, I will say this. I, I had the luxury of being able to call one of their games on ESPN Radio, uh, the Seattle Seahawks versus the Washington Commanders uh, game. Mm-hmm. And it was evident offensively. I, I just seen that disconnect. Now, later in the game, they were able to get it together, but early right. on, it was just – I, I, some of the things that I've seen, I was like, well, it's it's really not piecing together. Things aren't matching. Why are they holding the football, trying to take deep shots, just take what the defense and the commander's defense were giving you, right. and they didn't do that. But Geno Smith got it going late in that ball game. But it's also something that K.J. Wright touched on, right? When you know you have those alpha males as assistant coaches that can check and, and moderate things mm-hmm. uh, when, when they need to, but yeah. also have those players in the locker room and those veteran guys that can jack, you can jack each other up, right? You can tell your brother, hey, man, you're wrong. Right. You need to be better. You're hurting us as a football team. All of that, the accountability, uh, having all of those type of things around really matter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, KJ touched on how Pete Carroll allows you to be yourself. Yep. But if you don't have strong alpha male coaches, if you don't have a strong culture in the locker room with guys that can police one another, then it can get out of hand at times. And we've seen that a little bit this year in 2023 with the Seattle Seahawks. I thought Nate and Oregon made a great point opening day against the Los Angeles Rams. They looked like they had no idea what was going to be That expected. one caught me off guard. Yeah, I did yeah, not expect yeah, that. I, it was very, very spot on because not saying that day one could or game one could be an indicator of what your season is going to look like, but you never, ever saw that in the 13 previous opening days when it came to Seattle, that they looked totally, totally unprepared for a division opponent 
that they clearly have more talent than than the Los Angeles Rams. And Freddie, they went through a stretch of the season, uh, the middle, late towards the end of the season, where they they won one game and mm-hmm. lost five. Yeah. They lost four in a row, mm-hmm. right? They, when they were in first place in the NFC West. Yeah, they were one and five. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. In those ball games, and that, ooh, that's inexcusable. Yeah, and I wonder how much of that, being in first place, having that chance, 49ers are struggling, and then they got the breaks being out of them by the Baltimore Ravens that set that in motion. I wonder how much of that kind of really gave them pause for the cause to say maybe his message is not getting through the way it needed to get through when it came to Pete Carroll, the Seattle Seahawks, and he's no longer the head coach of that team. But a guy that nobody thought was to be the head coach of his team still has his job on Wednesday. That guy's Matt Eberflus, the head coach of the Chicago Bears. Many people, raise your hand with me. Don't leave me out here by myself. He is going to be the head coach still in Chicago. Now, Luke Getze is not going to be the offensive coordinator. Andrew Deneko is not going to be the quarterback's coach. Wide receiver Tyke Tolbert, they lost their jobs. But that means that Matt Eberflus may be the last man standing. That includes his quarterback, Justin Fields, and Courtney Cronin, ESPN Bears reporter. When she was on Green with Mike Greenberg, cast that show Monday through Friday, 10, 8 at noon Eastern time on ESPN Radio, she says all this suggests that maybe, just maybe, Matt Eberflus will be the last person standing. I can't imagine them bringing in a new offensive staff and keeping Justin Fields and having him learn a third offense in four years. To me, this likely signals that they're going to use that number one pick on a quarterback unless something drastic changes and they feel that they have somebody coming in who is dead set on working with Justin Fields. You wouldn't be wanting to hitch your wagon to a head coach that might be out of a job after 2024 and a quarterback that, you know, also may be on the move. When Harry Douglas heard that, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, dudes and dudettes, he vehemently disagreed <laughs> with Courtney Cronin. <laughs> well, to, to a certain extent, because I still, like, why not just hire an entire new head coach, right? Why just hire an offensive coordinator? Not, why not go with an offensive-minded head guy that you can hit your wagon to um, if you draft a young quarterback? I, I don't understand this move if you're just – but what offensive coordinator, right, okay. really, really good one, right. is going to say, you know what, Matt Eberflus, he's on the brinks. Mm-hmm. He, he has two years remaining. There's mm-hmm. no longevity. There are seven head coaching openings right now. Right. Seven. Right. And most likely those head coaching deals are going to be, what, four to five years. Mm-hmm. So they're going to hitch their wagon to a guy who potentially could be out after next year and only has two years remaining on his head coaching contract? Harry Douglas, by the way, Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together, and Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Everything you said makes 100% perfect sense. <laughs> but in Chicagoland, yep. that doesn't mean it's going to make sense to them because I'm with you. You can't just have one person left to say, we believe in him, but all you other bums get out of here. Quarterbacks coach, beat it. Wide receivers coach, out. Offensive coordinator, see you. Quarterback Justin Fields, out. They have basically told everybody, we believe more in Matt Eberflus when you know they didn't believe in him midway through the season when they were struggling. But things got together. Everything started to play a little bit better until the final game against Green Bay. All of a sudden, well, the reason why, they're telling everybody it wasn't the quarterback. It wasn't the offensive coordinator. It wasn't the wide receivers coach. It wasn't the quarterback's coach. It was Matt Eberflus. He must be that well-liked in that organization to say, we still don't know what he can do, but we're willing to give it a chance. I got a pretty good idea what Justin Fields can do 
when you have somebody around him because he showed he could play a little bit, Harry, without quality guys around him, outside of DJ Moore, for example. I know what that looks like. But it says how much stroke in that organization that Matt Eberflus has. They said, we'd rather ride with him and take our chances. And now the guy that we believe might be a good quarterback, but we don't trust it. But we rather trust him. And, and I'm going to give Iberfus a little credit here because he did, you know, they did turn things around, right? Their final eight games, they went five and three. And in, the, in the three losses, they lost to the Lions 31-26 and easily should have won that game. They lost to the Cleveland Browns, who we see are going to be in the playoff mm-hmm. as well, 20-17. to 17. And then they lost to Green Bay, who just made the playoffs, 17-9. to nine. But when you have a guy like Jim Harbaugh floating out there, you have a guy – out there at Mike Vrabel. Yeah. You also have a guy in Ben Johnson who's in your own division playing, uh, coaching uh, as the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions, yeah. and you see some of the things he's been able to do with sure. their offense. That's fair. Make it make sense to me. Okay. Here's how I'll make it make sense to you. The Chicago Bears have PTSD from <laughs> passing on Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and trading up for Mitch Trubisky, and outside of the one year they won that division – it was a spectacular fail. They do not want to take a chance on passing up on a guy, Caleb Williams, who could be that next one-in-a-generational kind of quarterback. They have been dazzled by what we've seen at Oklahoma and what we've seen at USC. I get it. But if that had not happened before, no, none of those guys were there. Ryan Pohl's general manager, Matt Eberfuss, the head coach. Those guys weren't there. But that organization has PTSD because they traded up and gave a ransom to the San Francisco 49ers for Mitch Trubisky. And Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen have dominated the NFL ever since then. They are not going to pass up a chance to say, we like Justin Fields, but he's not him. They're, they're trading for a known, for an unknown, because what happened the last time they was in the situation, and they decided, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, let's trade for Mitch Trubisky, and it was a spectacular fail in Chicago. And, and me personally, I feel like the Bears – should trade Justin Fields somewhere else mm-hmm. and start over. My thing is, when you do that, I would think if you're going to draft a quarterback with the number one overall pick, I agree. you're going to have an offensive-minded head coach, a mm-hmm. guy that you know has 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 that's rooted in the National Football League and has that success on his resume. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's uh-huh. what I would think. Yeah. This is all the makings of not only drafting Caleb Williams, Harry Douglas, and moving Justin Fields to a team that could use <clears throat> Falcons, you know, for draft picks and other picks. This is all the makings of that team, maybe looking at Cliff Kingsbury as the offense coordinator. Oh. Who happens to be at USC as an offensive assistant with Lincoln Riley. Cliff Kingsbury can dial up some plays for that kind of quarterback. I'm not talking about him as a head coach. I'm talking about him as an offensive as coordinator, as an OC. These, this is the kind of moves the Bears would make. Seriously. We're going to move on with Justin Fields who has been failed by the organization. He has not been great shakes, but he's been failed by the organization, by their coaching and how they put their things together. They moved on from the offensive coordinator, wide receivers coach, quarterbacks coach, but they're keeping the head coach. To your point, in that division, where you got Jordan Lovers, Green Bay, you got Jared Goff, now offense in Detroit, and Kirk Cousins was dialing up with the Minnesota Vikings. Kevin O'Connell can dial up some plays. Yep. That's the offensive coordinator, head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. So how can you keep him in the arms race? You go get a Caleb Williams, and who does he have a great affinity for? The guy that was the offensive assistant last year at USC and Cliff Kingsbury. But I I would say this from an offensive standpoint, and and, and it just dawned on me. Mm -hmm. When you see 
how Matt LaFleur and that Shanahan offense and Jordan Love and company, how they're doing. Yeah. Right? Like, why wouldn't you want to, you know. I agree. I hear you. <laughs> I'm with you. You talk about Cliff. You talk yeah. about um, Kevin O'Connell. Yeah. That's the same system. It is. Like, why wouldn't you want to try to go with someone with that type of system with the number one quarterback overall. Because that is Chicago Bears. Because it makes too much sense. <laughs> you said make it Man. make sense. You made it sense to you. The Bears fans want that to make sense to them when it comes to that. <laughs> Either way, we know where Jim Harbaugh will not be coaching in 24, 2024, and that will be with the Chicago Bears. Wayne on Seattle, moving on from Pete Carroll to 14 years. And the Chicago Bears may be moving on from Justin Fields, but keeping their head coach. Triple H say ESPN. 888-729-3776. We know you got plenty to say about Seattle moving on from Pete Carroll in 14 years and the Bears moving on from their quarterback but keeping their head coach in Chicago. 888-729-3776. Talk that talk on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. And the Chicago Bears, they did not... Matt Eberflus out the door, but Justin Fields could be out as quarterback. They're keeping him as the head coach. Wayne on both of those at 888-729-3776. One of our favorites is Eric in New York. Easy E, what you got, my friend? How you doing, Freddie? How you doing, Harry? Good, What's good? Always great to be on with you. Um, I, I think, um, you know, first of all, I, I got to give a lot of credit to Pete Cow, somebody that can last that long at one place and have all that kind of success. Um, but I want to talk about something that you mentioned, Harry, about culture. And I know this happened over the weekend, but I didn't get a chance to talk about it. What is the culture in New Orleans that Jameis Winston think he could do something like that? And, you know, he's still there. You know, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen, but I just think that's a culture thing that a guy, he's a backup, and he thinks he can just go ahead and, um, you know, be uh, just do something like that. It's crazy, man. I like to see what you got to say about that. Yeah, I'll be honest. I don't think it's a strong one. And Amen. Jameis Winston doing that made Dennis Allen look like a fool in front mm-hmm. of his owner, in front of his general manager. Because whenever a head coach tells you, hey, we're going to go out there, we're going to go into victory formation, and we're going to run this clock out, and you take it upon yourself, even though you had your teammates backing you, and you do that, that's telling me that, hey, they're not hearing the head coach. They don't respect him as a man. They don't respect him as a man in leadership either. And things like that, man, like I, I just can't imagine ever having a teammate doing that. No, nah, that's, that's not cool to me. Yeah, what he said. There's no need to elaborate even further because I'm spot on with you as far as that goes involving that quote-unquote culture when it comes to the Saints, which me, me, more than anything else is non-existent than anything else. Matt in Nevada, what you got to say, my friend? Yo, uh, so love you guys. Appreciate uh, you. Just wanted to know what your guys' thoughts are of Seattle. I'm a big Seahawks fan. If we're moving on from Pete Carroll, what do we, uh, what do we think about maybe a Justin Fields up in Seattle? Maybe meeting up with like a Mike Rabel or Jim Harbaugh. Well, let me say this: we got to remember also Seattle now has the 16th pick in this year's draft. So, if they want an opportunity, if quarterbacks are still on the board, probably mm-hmm. not the top three, but let's just say a guy like Michael Penix Jr., okay. who mm-hmm. you know played in that same state of Washington, played in that same city in Seattle, is if he's available, Geno Smith has one more year on his contract after 2024. It's it's done with. Then that's a place where you can potentially draft a quarterback. In my opinion. Yeah, he knows the area, number one. Number two, you know how revered he's going to be. 
And I think Michael Penix Jr. is going to be a terrific quarterback at the next level after he finishes healing his body and his soul after what happened on Monday versus Michigan. But Justin Fields would make sense, too. You bring him there, if Geno Smith, if you believe he's outlived his, use, you, uh, outlived his usefulness being a starting quarterback or a quality starting quarterback, I still think there's enough, there's enough meat on that bone when it comes to him. But I don't think anybody would be mad at that either way for Justin Fields or Michael Penix Jr. could be the quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks, whether it's 2024 or 2025. Dana in Richmond, Virginia, my friend. Dana, what you got to say? I'm Freddie and Harry at 888-729-3776. What's up, HD? What's up, Freddie? What's up? What's up, boss? I'm going to stay with the culture thing, but I'm going with this with the culture. Hey, Fred, I'm getting tired of this microwave culture that, especially in sports, where people expect, I mean, yeah, people expect for certain players to do something one year, two years, they could have a whole dysfunctional team, organization around them and everything, and they still expect for certain players to do something mm-hmm. within a year or two or three. We don't have too many C.J. Strauss or Tom Brady that came in a year. I mean, came into the league in their first year, they really shined. And this is a boom, they just took over the league like Mahomes uh, uh, in Kansas City. Let C.J. stay there. Him and that boy more. I, I'm not a Chicago fan. I watch football. I think we had. Um, we was having a pretty good year mm-hmm. with the um, with the boy more. Yeah. And I'm a I'm a flip it to the NBA. I'm a diehard Laker fan, and that would make me so mad with the Lakers right now, Freddie, because Kuzma, Zubac, Clarkson, um, Caruso, Kuzma. I could go down the line of these Ingram, um, Julius Randle, all these young players we had. We didn't let these players develop and get with each other. Caldwell Pope. And we wind up changing all these young players, and we wind up with all these old dudes, man. <laughs> so, so, Dana, I would, t- I would tell you this. What's mm-hmm. hard about this situation is the simple fact that, mm-hmm. like Freddie, like you mentioned earlier, they passed on a Patrick Mahomes and had exactly. an opportunity to draft a Patrick Mahomes. We mm-hmm. see what C.J. Stroud is doing. They had the number one overall pick last year. Yep. They traded out of it. Yep. Are, do you really want that front office and ownership? Do you really want three times, even though it was a different uh, general manager, do you want it to be three times yeah. that you passed on a franchise, franchise guy? Nothing against Justin Fields. I'm just saying yeah. three times is a hard pill to swallow, man. And, and when you're competing for championships, so many organizations fear the unknown and don't leave, and leave the known alone. And it should be the reversed. But when you have a potential seduction out there, those kind of things lead to those kind of decisions involving the Lakers, even though they won a championship, and the Bears right now. When it comes to the Cowboys, Harry Douglas had words of wisdom if they don't win versus Green Bay on Sunday in the playoffs. It has everything to do with Seattle Fire and Pete Carroll the 14 years. That's next. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.